the most innovative female singer of our decade. Many describe her as the paramount, the most soulful, the most prolific. Who else is accepted in the streets as well as by their peers? Those nominees for best female R&B soul singers are. This is not a test. This is an actual emergency of the Trackmaster broadcast system. And this is where you should be tuned in to receive the proper news and the banging joints. We know way. But these are tough times. Back in the house once again. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this episode, we're going back. We're going back to April 22nd, 1997. On that day, Mary J. Blige would release her third studio album, entitled share my world and we're going to talk about it this album is actually turning 25 years old i don't know about you but it's kind of hard for me to believe that this album is turning 25 because i distinctly remember like what was going on i was outside when this album came out and um it's just amazing when you think about it uh On this podcast, I'm going to talk about the album, obviously, uh, the production, get into the tracks. Uh, But first, let's let's go back, man. April 22nd, 1997. Um, The musical landscape was different from what you might imagine in 1997. Around this time, obviously, hip hop pretty much has a stranglehold on the music industry. Um... If you didn't have a hot rapper rapping over your R&B track, you probably weren't getting <laughs> getting any airplay as an R&B artist. Uh, but then there were, you know, a few like Mary J. Blige, who, you know, she didn't have to go by the cookie cutter uh, ideas or values that the industry had set. She was a trendsetter in and of herself, and. With this being her third studio album, the biggest question was, could she keep it up? And what I mean by that is, if you're familiar with Mary J. Blige's story, you know that her first album, What's the 411? (laughs) She killed it. She was dubbed the queen of hip hop soul. And then then on her second album, my personal favorite album of the 90s my life out of here 
right? So she's riding the wave. She beat the sophomore Jinx. And now critics are wondering, can she do it a third time? Will the third time be a charm? Well, you better believe she did. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was it was different, man. Again, this album came out at a time where hip hop pretty much dominated the charts, and Mary wasn't one who was going to you know let anything or anybody define her or what her music should look or feel or sound like. Um, I think one of the things that makes Mary J. Blige resonates so well with her fans and admirers is because people male or female can relate to her music and she just pours her soul into her music and this album was no different again released april 22nd 1997 um the album runtime is a little bit over an hour 65 minutes um and i mean she pulled out some heavy hitters uh as far as this album was concerned and we'll talk about the production in just a second but this album was i want to say it sold like two hundred forty thousand copies uh and that's hard copies folks uh kids we actually had to go actually out of our house to go purchase this album <laughs> there was no internet there was no you know touching touching your um your ipad and downloading it um but yeah two hundred forty thousand copies uh, in the first week sales, which was incredible. Um, it had actually knocked off uh, Biggie's uh, Life After Death, um, which came out, I think, a couple of weeks, like five weeks prior to. And it had, it had been number one, obviously, uh, on the heels of Biggie's uh, passing. Um, but yeah, this album was incredible. Uh, Share My World went on to, I want to say this album went triple platinum, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, uh, highly loved and worldwide um she had fans from everywhere that was buying this album and you know it was critically reviewed it it, it pretty much got a lot of love as far as the critics were concerned as well um and i'll be honest you know for her to put out an album after what's the 411 and then follow it follow it up with an album like my life um you know, it, it was it, it was tough. It was tough. And and I mean, like, there were a lot of people, myself included, who didn't know what to expect um, because it really wasn't much of a rollout, if you will. Uh, the first single that was released was a track called Love Is All We Need. Uh, that came out before the album came out. Um, that, ca- that single was released uh, March 18th, 1997. So uh, roughly about a month before the album comes out. And that obviously that, that song features Nas, but you know, everything else, I mean, like we didn't know what to expect and I'll be honest. I was pleasantly surprised when I heard this album um, because not only because, you know, it was a dope album, but being honest, I mean, I'm a huge Mary J. Blige fan. Right. So, and so she would have had to have just really bombed out for me to be um, disappointed in this album. But, you know, she came back to the she came back to the drawing board and, and, and knocked out a banger. And 
you know, what a lot of people don't know is that she, you know, served as the executive producer. Um, you know, she had a lot of producers on this album, but she had the final say as to what went on the album, which she didn't have as much control over the first two albums. Um, and again, she had she lined up some heavy hitters. Um, so yeah, let's get into the production. Um, this album was produced by some of the best producers in the music industry. Um, everyone from Tone and Polk, aka the Track Masters, uh, Rodney Jerkins, um, Fly Time Zone, <laughs> Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. Um, you had Babyface produce a couple of tracks. Uh, Bryce Wilson from Groove Theory, um, George Goldenfingers Pearson. Uh, wasn't really for me with his music, but he 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 got on a couple of joints on here. Um, James M. Tume, the late great James M. Tume, and you know, <laughs> old boy, <laughs> you know, old boy from Chicago, uh, the dude who you know told you he believed he could fly. I, I'm not gonna mention his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I, I don't give him no love, but I gotta give him his props. He he, you know, put a joint on her album as well. So she had some great producers. And she wrote a lot on this album. Um, and I think one of the things that really stood out to me was just how the album flowed. Like it was very melodic. Um, you know, she didn't have a lot of fast or upbeat tracks, but the album doesn't feel sad or somber. Um, you can make a case that my life is a very dark album. Uh, she, you know, admitted in interviews in the past that, you know, that was like one of the darkest times in her life. Um, but she's got some mid-tempo joints on here. She's got some slow joints on here. She's got some, you know, pour your heart out, Mary J. Blige type joints on here. And it all fits. It just all fits, in my opinion. Um, again, an incredible album with some incredible, incredible producers. Um, I'll be honest. I mean, like, Again, I didn't know what to expect, but once I heard it, I was hooked. <laughs> I remember when I bought this album, I bought the CD and um, I was, I was, was I here yet? No, I wasn't, I wasn't in Atlanta yet. I was still in, in uh, I just graduated from college from South Carolina State University. So I was still in Orangeburg, South Carolina, uh, preparing to move to Atlanta and um I remember I bought the, the the CD the first day that it came out. And I mean, like, <laughs> I just remember standing in line and there was two young ladies in front of me and they were arguing about, like, who was going to take the CD home. I guess they rode there together or whatever. And, um, you know, they lived in separate places. And she was like, well, no, I need I need to get a copy. You, I'm going to take it home and you you like they were going back and forth and i'm like why don't y'all just buy two cds <laughs> but you know keep in mind now you know they might they were probably you know broke college students just like you know i was uh even though i even though i had already graduated but you know and cds cost back then i mean like that cd i want to say was like 10 or 11 dollars you know that was a lot of money back in the day um but you know we we had invested so much into the music and we invested so much into the artist 
that you know we weren't gonna we, we weren't gonna have stuff so if if you put your money into an artist um you wanted them to deliver and mary j blige definitely delivered on this album um this album for what it's worth won some awards i won the uh uh american music award for favorite soul r&b album um it was nominated for favorite soul r&b female artist um she was also nominated for best R&B album for the Grammys, um, nominated for a couple of Soul Train Music Awards, and she did win the Lady of uh, Lady of Soul um, Soul Train Music Award for best R&B album. Um, and Mary J. Blige was also nominated for Outstanding Female Artist uh, back then on the strength of this album. Again, the album runtime is about is sixty five minutes. Um, and you know what, when you think about it, especially now, like when I listen to music, a lot of times I will look and see how long an album is. And to be honest, sometimes I'll, that will determine how much I'm going to listen to it or if I'm going to listen to it at all, you know, because now music is so fragmented and, you know, you got your, you got your standards, you know, you got to have your club song you got to have for the homies song and you got to have for the ladies songs and it's just it's, it's whack <laughs> but the thing is is that i think this was in a lot of ways one of the dying uh albums that helped that last dying era of r&b r&b as we know it today is totally different from r&b back in 1997 and while she has some you know jazz influence on here she has some hip-hop influence obviously uh there's some gospel influence on here um you know this is still a nice soul r&b album and you know she was going through a lot uh at the time uh it's well documented but she was you know i don't know if she was ever treated for depression but she was going through depression um she was battling a drug and alcohol addiction and she had a, a, a very, very bad and turbulent um, relationship with uh, Casey Haley, uh, Casey from the group Jodeci. Uh, so, you know, she was going through a lot. And, and as, as successful as the My Life album was, uh, Share My World was a pivot. Um, it saw us see a different side of Mary, maybe a little bit more uh melancholy maybe a little bit more happier side of mary and i loved it i loved it from start to finish um so let's get into the tracks man um the album starts off with the intro which you heard at the beginning of the podcast um i like the way they put that in there i like you know uh old dirty bastard rest in peace um you know at the awards uh, presenting her with the award but um I thought that was dope. That was a pretty dope intro. Then we go into track number two. I can love you featuring little Kim. Um, man, listen, <laughs> this joint was produced by Rodney Jerkins. Um, one of the standout tracks on the album, uh, there was a video for it. Um, man, listen, it, when this joint came out, all the ladies knew this song not some not a few not a handful but all the ladies knew this song fellas 
if you have someone or you know a woman in your life that was around or outside in 1997, ask her if she knows the words to I can love you. I can promise you that she does because this was like the anthem. And, you know, it was little, little Kim was in a video and, you know, it was good seeing Kim, you know, on the heels of uh, Biggie's death. And, you know, because we had seen some lasting images of, you know, Kim at Biggie's funeral and she was just, you know, crying and she needed to be comforted. And who was right there by her side? Mary J. Blige. So, you know, it was good to see them together smiling and having a good time in this video. Um, but the song is dope. One of my favorite tracks. My It's probably my second favorite track on the album. Um, I Can Love You uh, by uh, Mary J. Blige featuring Lil' Kim. Then we go to the third track, which was the um, the lead single, uh, which was Love Is All We Need featuring Nas. Uh, and again, this was produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Um, another dope up-tempo track. And I think this is cool because Mary J is really starting you off with two bangers. And she's using, you know, two big hip-hop stars in the mix to rap over it. And of course, Nas comes through with smooth out raps. And, um, you know, this is just a joint, man. This is a joint. It's a feel-good joint. And I just remember hearing it for the first time. And when I looked at the uh, the liner notes and I was like, oh, shit, Nas is on here. So I was like, I was amped because <laughs> that's my dude. Right. So. Um, but yeah, another 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 phenomenal song. Um, then we go to track four round and round uh, produced by the track masters tone and poke. Um, another one. This was another mid tempo joint. You know, Mary's starting us off uh you know in a different kind of vibe my life was you know a little bit slower a little bit darker of course what's the 411 you know this kind of gave you that kind of vibe but it was different because she was older and she had experienced more and she was letting you in on what was going on with her and again it doesn't have the dark feeling of my life but it's such a smooth ass transition and and such a smooth ass album that you can't help but bop to it. Um, but round and round, I like too. I liked the song as well. Uh, then we moved to track five, which was the Share My World interlude. And then track six, Share My World, the title track, uh, produced by Rodney Jerkins. <sighs> Listen, this is my joint. <laughs> um, This the thing about this track that always stood out to me was like I really could see a world where this song could be on either What's the 411 or uh, My Life. It is so dope, but it is so great to listen to. Um, I mean, it's vintage Mary J. Blige and this song is I think this song is no, it's not the longest song. It's one of the longer songs on this album, but you know, it doesn't even feel like it because it's just like it's 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 a feel good song. I, I I'm I'm lost for words, but it's a feel good song. I love listening to it. I never get tired of listening to the title track, uh, "Share My World." Then we move to track seven, aptly entitled Seven Days." Uh, featuring George Benson, the legendary 
George Benson. Uh, this track was produced by Malik Pendleton. Um, another good joint. Like, I mean, she's coming back after back after back. I mean, track after track after track. And they're all back to back. And it's like, I'm 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 rolling. Um seven days, I'll be honest. The first couple of times that I heard it, I didn't really catch it like that. Like I I, I wasn't really feeling it like that. It, not that it bothered me. I was just like, okay, this is cool. But the more and more I listened to it, I was like, oh, now I see what's going on. And um another one. I mean, like it was another track just that, you know, really kind of took it there. And I mean, for her to have George Benson on, it says a lot. And then we moved to track eight. It's on produced by old boy. <laughs> um, okay. This. Okay. If I transport myself into 1997, right? I go back to, I, I jump in the time machine and I go back to 1997 and it's 25 years ago and I'm listening to this. I'm playing it because it's on is produced by old boy and old boy at the time, there was nobody better in R and B than him. And I mean, you know, personal stuff aside, old boy is one of the greatest people in R and B music period. I can't deny that. Never mind the fact that I think he's a piece of shit, but this song is, 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 it hits. However, in 2022, because he appears on the song and his voice is on the song, I don't listen to it. That's just a personal choice because I don't listen to any of his music or anything that he is singing on. Um, so when I listen to this album now, I skip it. I don't skip it because it's a bad song. I don't skip it because it's whack. I don't skip it because... Mary J messed up. I skip it simply because old boy is on the track and I have my own beef with old boy. And I've had this beef for a long time with old boy. So, and it's well documented. So it's just me, but if you want to listen to it, cool. I personally won't listen to it. And again, that's why I skipped the track. But if you take it back to 1997, it's a good track. Um, then we move to track nine. Thank you, Lord, which is an interlude uh, produced by Rodney Jerkins. Um, and then we move to track 10, Missing You, produced by Babyface. Okay. This is where it gets interesting to me because I want to say up until this point, with the exception of the track that old boy is on, you really can't tell who produced without looking at the, the liner notes. You really can't tell who produced any of these tracks. For me, when I get to track 10, I automatically know who produced this track because it sounds like a baby face track. I don't think that's a knock, but like, as much as I love his music, I think some of his tracks, particularly the ones that he produces for other people, tend to sound the same. So when I heard Missing You, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the thing. And 
it's not a bad song it's actually a pretty good song i guess but i just like i was like the whole time that i was listening to it i was like uh, it sounds like something and i couldn't put my finger on it i couldn't put my finger on it and i couldn't put my finger on it but missing you is not a bad track again it's not a bad track it's it's not even to this point for me it's not even a skippable track but it's just it's a babyface track that sounds very familiar right and then we get to track 11 everything whoo listen produced by jimmy jam and terry lewis this is my joint of my joints of my joints this joint bangs um what can I say about this? I mean, like, of course, you know, you know where it was taken from, uh, where it sampled or what have you. Um, but I never get tired of hearing this song. Never. This is probably, it's probably, you know what? I take that back. It's probably a tie with I Can Love You for my second favorite. Those two probably my two number two tracks. But um, I love this joint, man. I love this joint. This joint, you know, did appear on a couple of slow jams, get the draws, mixtapes <laughs> that I made. Um, but yeah, it, it goes, it goes, it bangs. Um, and again, I mean, you can't go wrong with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis uh, at all. Um, then we get to track 12, Keep Your Head. Um, this one was produced by Tone and Pope, the Trackmasters and George Goldenfingers Pearson. Um, This one was okay. I'll put it like this. I like this track and the placement of where it was a lot more in 1997 than I do today. Today, I'd probably take this track off the album. And it's not that it's a bad track, but it's just like... mm, I don't know what I don't know if it necessarily fits right here. I personally think it kind of breaks up the flow of the album a little. Um, because we've gone, you know, kind of up tempo, up tempo, then we slow things down a little bit, and you got everything. And so if you if you have a banger like everything, you gotta follow it up with something that's banging too. And keep your head just don't bang. However, track. 13 i think should have been track 12 and that is can't get you off my mind featuring the locks i thought this was dope for mary j to go back to yonkers where she's from and bring in the boys from the locks um man listen and and this produced this was produced by rodney jerkins as well um i love this joint i love this joint the locks give you a nice kind of smoothed out rhymes. They're not killing you over the head or anything like that. Um, nice verses. And their raps fit along with what Mary J is singing about. Um, you know, so it's dope, man. I, I mean, of course, I think Kiss had the best verse, but it was it, it was dope. And I think this song really would have benefited as a banger to follow up behind everything. Um keep your head again probably could have been taken off the album uh next up track 14 get to know you better 
by uh, that was produced by Bryce Wilson from um, Groove Theory. I like this joint. I like this joint. Uh, kind of mellowed a little bit. So, you know, it's up and down and I'm feeling it. Um, again, another Mary J, a vintage Mary J. Blige joint where she's pouring out her heart. I mean, you can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at that at all. Um, next track. <laughs> track 15. Searching. Featuring Roy Ayers. This is my favorite track on the album. Produced by Rodney J- Jerkins. Um, Man. When I say banger, this is a banger. It's vintage. It's like a combination of what's the 411 and um, my life mixed in with a little bit of share my world. Uh, it's giving you that hip hop feel. And then, I mean, Roy Ayers on the vibraphone. <sighs> Come on, man. I mean, Roy Ayers is a legend in and of itself. He's one of the most sampled people in hip hop. Um, one of the most sampled artists. Artists have, you know, hip hop artists have sampled his music, I should say. But man, listen, my favorite joint. Um, never get tired of hearing it. Uh, it is vintage Mary J. Blige. And again, I mean, you just got to listen to it. <laughs> this joint is, this is a joint that like I found particularly over the years as, as I listened to it, cause I still listen to this album, right? I found that the more that I listen to this album, every time I get the track 15 repeat, <laughs> it's gotta be repeated at least twice. Like, cause it's just, it's, it's that much of a bang. It's my favorite track on the album. Um, The next track, our love uh produced by the late great james m Toomey. um this one kind of reminds me of my life and i'm cool with this i think this track would have been a very good finisher for the album it's not the fine it's not the last track on the album but i think it would have been a great finisher for the album but all in all i think it's a good track i think it's it's a pretty good closeout to the album and if there's one mistake that I think is on this album, it is track 17. Unpopular opinion, I don't like this track. <laughs> and that track is Not Gonna Cry, produced by Babyface. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I don't like this song. I don't like this song. For one, this keep in mind, this song was already out, right? This song was on the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack. Well, here's the problem. The Waiting Exhale, the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack came out in 1996. This album came out in 1997. So with all of the radio play that Not Gonna Cry got, which I thought was over the top, but you know, I I I, I grew very tired of that song very quickly. And I say it's an unpopular opinion because I know that it's very popular with women. More particular, it was very popular with the women at my school <laughs> because every time you were walking down the street, you would hear this blasting from a Honda Civic. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm just not a fan of the song. And it's a it's a decent song. I just got tired of this song very quickly. And so for it to be on the Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, okay, cool. You got that. I'm going to let you rock out with that. But then you put it on the Share My World album and it's the last track. Nah, player, you don't have to do that. Why are we doing this? Why? Why? Why, babyface? Why? And then speaking of babyface, remember earlier in the podcast when I told you that Missing You sounded like something familiar? Well, to me, Missing You sounds a lot like Not Gonna Cry. Both songs are produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. And so my thing is this. If you're going to give me Missing You, we definitely don't need Not Gonna Cry at the end of the album. I'm sorry. It's not necessary. They should have left this off the, the the off the album. I think it's the one blemish. Uh, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier about songs I could take off or what they could have done to rearrange it. You know, I, I'm still rolling with this album, right? But Not Gonna Cry shouldn't have been on this album. Because again, by the time... By the time it gets released on the Waiting to Exhale, Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, and it gets major airplay, the videos out, the whole nine, and then you're gonna throw it on as a, I guess, a filler track or whatever, for uh, for the Share My World album. It's not, it's not necessary. It's really not necessary. I, I could have done without this. I could have done without Missing You. Um, keep your head to the sky. Could we could have kept. We could have moved it around somewhere, but. That's the only blemish. That's the only knocks that I have on this album. Um, and again, it does make it a bad album because I, I still think this album is phenomenal. But it knocks it down a peg. And I think, I don't know if maybe they were trying to do Babyface a solid because these are the only two tracks that Babyface produced that end up on the album. Missing You and Not Gonna Cry. And I understand Not Gonna Cry was a smash, but it had already smashed on the Wait Next Tale soundtrack. No need to let it smash on Share My World. <laughs> but yeah, if, now you know, I, I when I do hip hop reviews, at the end of the review, we always talk about how many mics we would give it. Um, We normally don't do that for R&B albums, but I'm going to give you my mic rating for this album. This is a four mic album. If you take Knock on Cry off of it and Missing You, <laughs> we might be talking about four and, a, four and a P, four and a half or something. But um, crazy album. I still listen to it to this day. Um, it bangs from top to bottom. If you have not listened to this album uh, anytime recently, um, do yourself a favor and go back and listen to it because it's got some smokers on here. Not just the songs that I say that I like, but it is a great listen all the way through. Again, it's hard to believe that this album is turning 25. Where did the time go? But um, as I mentioned on a previous podcast, I mean, with uh, What's the 411, My Life, and then Share My World, those first three albums, that three album run by Mary J. Blige was crazy and this piece right here was you know it, it solidified her I mean not that she needed any any other proof but 
this solidified her as as one of the one of the greats if you will and um again an incredible album from top to bottom make sure that you go back and take a listen to it after you finish this podcast uh again april 22nd 1997 share my world this album turns 25 uh ladies and gentlemen that's gonna do it for me make sure that you check out this podcast and subscribe to this podcast because the podcast drops every thursday at midnight uh, be sure to subscribe because from time to time we will drop bonus episodes on sundays at midnight make sure you check out the link tree with all of the links um, to all social media accounts as well as youtube as well that's going to do it for me ladies and gentlemen thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 kyle podcast i'm your boy 12 kyle i'll catch you guys next time five g's <laughs>